Fans, you're now tuned into another episode of The Underground. Each week, we dive into what it means to create, nurture, and live in communities everywhere. This is The Underground with Ryan Moore and Justin Lon Carrick. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Underground Podcast. It is season two. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, season two, I guess. We took a bit of a hiatus over the summer and decided to kind of take a break from recording because we were both real busy. We got some stuff to talk about. That's for sure. And we're back. We're back. We're back in an underground. So we're actually in my basement this time. Yeah. Um, And... well. I'll just start off right away with Justin is a bit rusty and forgot to introduce ourselves to any oh, new geez. listeners. This is it. Oh, geez. Welcome to the underground. My name is Justin and with me is Ryan. What's up, bud? <laughs> wow, that's totally true. I totally missed that on season two. You know, Well, what's it been? A month and a half? Took a month and a half-ish off? Well, we ended with a bang with the interview with Evan, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, ending with an NHL interview is pretty awesome. Yeah. And yeah, it's been almost a month and a half. Yeah. It got real hot outside and no rain and... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Got really hot and we and Justin and I just ended up getting really busy. When it started getting down to the end of the summer there, the pond, my ice rink, uh, we started really ramping up. Um, a lot of players ended up coming to us because tryouts were right before the season this year. Um, they're still ongoing. Most teams are still in tryouts right now. So, yeah, I got really, really busy. Justin had something Oof. else going on. He's got yeah. a lot in the works right now. Yeah, so we, obviously, real estate has been insane, so we all know that that's been a fun little journey for us. And I launched another company in the real estate world. We call it Listing Loans. If you're a realtor out on this planet and listening to this podcast, you're going to want to go to www.listingloans.ca and check out what we got going on there. Uh, but... Um, yeah, it's just been crazy busy with all that stuff, and we just thought, let's just get, take a break and a deep breath, and and we'll reset for kind of September when the kids go back to school and things start to settle down. When did we, we, we recorded our very first one in end of September? No, I think we were cl- closer to October, November time. Was that when it came out? I don't remember. We're going we'll to have to look, look back at this. Like, we might be- A year in? Coming up on a year, hmm. Justin. Well- we can look back on this, funnily enough, because I can pull up my phone and my little app here. And see when the first one and was. And see when the first one uh, it was. My podcast. How serious were we on that very first one? We went right into a real studio. We did. We had a red light on. There's a we red were... recording light on with a button and everything. I like fun. this setup better, personally. Yeah. This is more laid back. We're in Justin's basement in the underground. That was very deadening silent, though. That was pretty incredible it to was, be in that It room. was pro. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was almost like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And then we did that once. <laughs> so November 16th, 2020 was our okay. first episode. I, we recorded it before that, though, yeah, if you we, recall. It was about a month, probably. Yeah, because we recorded a whole bunch of episodes mm-hmm. and then released a whole bunch all at once at the beginning. Yeah. So that's when it was. But yeah, so I'm with you there. We're pretty much a year in. I'll have to look at my schedule and see so we can actually commemorate the time. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned tryouts. My kids are in tryouts. The boys are in tryouts. This is uh, stressful. 
Yeah. We're back at it. Now, one of the things I told my kids this year was, it's sad that I have to say things like this, but I said to them, you know, well, every year I say the same thing. You got to try your butt off and, and, and work your hardest, you know, because it's up to, um, your talent and your, your effort. Like they're going to see effort and they're going to decide whether they like you based on that. Yep. Unfortunately, I think we all understand that there's other things at play that, you know, govern the hockey world as it were. Yes. And, uh, so this year I actually said to the boys, listen, there is that I'm trying, like they're old enough now, 14 and 12 that they can understand these things. And I'm like, there is this stuff and you still have to put in a big effort because your effort has to outweigh any of those relationships. Yeah. And I said, the second thing is, is with all the work I've been doing outside of hockey and not being around hockey for two years, almost I've got no relationships over there. So you're out, you're on your own boys. Like go, go and just do what you do. You got to do it for yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, that's not, it's a, it's, it's not a great thing that, that, you know, there's politics and everything like that involved in hockey, especially Mm -hmm. the older you get, the more politics get involved and, you know, it sucks, but unfortunately it is a part of hockey, but you know, spin it to a positive. Mm. There's politics in life. Totally. Like we're going through it right now with an election, Mm -hmm. but there's politics in life deal with it you know you got to deal with these factors you can't just go ah i'm not going to deal with that anymore because it's the way that we're going to have to move through life there's there's life adversity yeah yeah, yeah. And you got to find a way to either push through it or suffer through it well i mean any job opportunity anywhere could have the similar politics as you do in hockey like this right mm-hmm. and the difference is is that you know, you're an adult and you got to deal with it on your own. And I guess that was the message for me this time with these boys was like, listen, like you just have to go and do what you do and we'll, we'll suffer the consequences as we need to, yeah. uh, whether it be a positive consequence, like, yeah, we made a double A team or whatever that number is. I'm not chasing letters for them. I just, you know, actually one of the things we did this year was I said to the boys, what's your goal yeah. for where you want to end up? Cause now again, they're, they're learning about goals and how, where, you know, where to do, how to get to where they need to be. And Ethan's goal was more like, uh, I would like to make the triple A team mm-hmm. and he didn't, that's fine. And I talked to him about it and he was like, okay, cool. Awesome. Let's keep moving. Like yeah. I want to make the best double A team now. Awesome. Let's, this is what you have to do to get that. Yeah. Romans was more like, I think he's getting to that age where whoa, I don't even know what that was. My phone went off. Google. Google's talking to me here. Google just gave you a round <laughs> of just applause. Gave a round of applause. What's that about? Oh wow. She it's said been that. a while, guys. It's been a while. We're getting back into things. Um yeah, no, I said to Roman, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, listen, I want to make the best team I can possibly make based on what I the effort that I put in. And I'm like, awesome. So just go out there and kick ass and do what you gotta do and whatever happens, happens. Um and so I think those are realistic opinions and options and and I you know I'm I'm not that guy that like is like a slave driver over my kids with a whip hammering Mm. them to be like that kid. But, you know, I guess my, we talked about it just before we got on. Um, My disappointment in myself is that I didn't push them a little bit more than I did because I really didn't push them at all over the last 18 months. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really, I think has shown up on the ice in comparison to other crazy hockey parents that have pushed their kids to be on the ice way more. Right. Well, and Ontario is very different than pretty much every other province uh, right. in Canada where the kids just did not play. Right. Um, the leagues did not get going. All the other provinces did have periods of time where they did play hockey. Um, and, you know, this is a great opportunity for me to take out a phrase that my dad always uses. I'm pretty sure I've brought it up on this podcast before, but there is no such thing as failure, only results. It's what you do with the results that matter. So not making AAA, that's a result. 
now we have to look into why didn't you make it? And now it's up to you to make a change mm-hmm. and to get to that level. Um, because we can't view it as failure because if it's a failure, that's just so final to me. That's mm-hmm. just so finite. And I just, I hate that because it's never over. Like Josh Anderson, we watched him through the playoffs. That was a prime example. That kid, it was never over for him. He was never a top level hockey player growing up. Now he is in the NHL. Mm. And it's one of those things. Just keep pushing, keep your head down. If it's truly something you want, there is a pathway there. Failure is, yeah, failure isn't failure unless a less, if a lesson was learned, mm-hmm. right? That's bottom line is what you're saying. That's a mic drop moment for Greg Moore. Right and there that's it for the underground All for right, today. See you later. Have a nice day. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, so maybe as we go, we'll update you on the, my kids' progress in the tryouts. I mean, it, I, listen, actually, one of the things, and we can discuss the merit of this a little bit, is that, you know, I we know that the numbers speak volumes as to how many people make different levels of hockey. Like, we again, we mentioned it before we got on this podcast, something like, I think you said 0.08% or something of all kids that are in hockey in Canada make the OHL, or in Ontario, or whatever that number is. In Ontario, yeah. So... That's a very small number. And then when you go further up the line, that number goes from 0.08 to 0.00, whatever, zero, zero, like there's way more zeros before if you want to make the NHL. And so, you know, the way I look at my kids is not so much like, yeah, I want them to get a, uh, you know, a scholarship or yeah, I want them to get this, that or the other. I just want them to go and learn life lessons. That's my major goal here. And I kind of am under the understanding that my kids very likely won't make the NHL. So my mindset this year, especially more than ever, like someone, one of the other parents said to me, I think I'm going to put my kids in this league because there's no hitting. And I actually, I I think there's some merit to that because I'm like, I don't need my kid to have concussions before the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, For what in the end? Like really for what? Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Is that something that you've come across? I know you guys have hitting clinics to sort of teach that stuff. Yeah, I've been through the concussion. I've had three major ones. Um, it's not good, right? It's, like it's it's not fun. Um, and luckily for me, mine were. Well, I guess my first my first major one was in my draft year. I was going to ask you when was your first one. So that's like 15, 16 years old. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. I, I would have been sixteen by the time it was in very end of the year in playoffs. Uh, it was. <laughs> It was Zach Ronaldo, um, Bastard. and he, uh, he he elbowed me uh, elbowed me directly to the head behind the net. Shocker! Um, <laughs> oh wow, uh, Zach! If you're out there, yeah, <laughs> shocker! Yeah, he'll he'll be the first one to be like, oh yeah, that's surprising yep, that I did. That's that. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, and and elbowed me directly to my head, and uh, I uh, I fell down immediately. I tried to get up, and I immediately was so dizzy that I fell into the net, uh, got back to the bench and threw up. Um, and yeah. And then after that I went home and I ended up dropping in the, in the draft a little bit because, uh, I didn't get to play the rest of the playoffs in, uh, in my draft year. And I was a pretty, pretty big part of my team. I was one of the top defensemen on my team. So I was probably, there was potential. There was, there were eyes on me at Mm. the time. Um, and that took the eyes off me, Mm. but, um, yeah, and then my next concussions were in junior hockey and stuff like that, and they were they were pretty bad in their own right. But as I went on, the concussions started happening easier. Um, right. My last one was a high stick to my chin, and that knocked me out. So, um, 
yeah, it, it, it's one of those things that you do have to respect it and you have to fully heal them if you get one. But then on the other side of things is I was headed to, um, mm, you to, had a, you had a path towards something. I was, I was probably going to be going to the next level. Um, it was pretty clear at that point that I would be playing junior hockey and maybe further beyond that. So that was a part of the game that you got to learn and go forward. When you get to Roman's age, it's, I just said, there's always a pathway forward, but you know what? It's not horrible for a kid just to play hockey for the life experiences, for the lessons learned. Um, and you know, maybe you don't want to be mm. sacrificing concussions, sacrificing your brain for those lessons. How much has the game changed in, in youth hockey at that age? Like in, at, I feel like the image of the eighties and nineties and, yeah. and that time frame is very like broad street bullies kind of thing. Like people yes. were beating the crap out of each other and um, has it changed? Is it more yeah. elegant and refined now? It is. Well, yes and no. So the NHL is where it all trickles down from. And the right. NHL has very much moved towards a skilled game. Um, they've tried to eliminate fighting. In the past years, fighting is up. The numbers of fights are up. Mm -hmm. So fighting is creeping back. And the reason that's happening is because it got so skilled. You put one guy that's running around out there like an idiot and there was no one out there to make him responsible. Right. Yes, okay, that guy got a five-game suspension, but that player is now out for the rest of the year. Um, and may never have the same career again. Right. If there's someone out there that is an enforcer type person, keeps him in check. That's going to keep him in check. That's why you're seeing players like Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson have roles in the NHL, major roles, and any team would take them. Mm -hmm. The role of the enforcer has changed. They can actually play hockey now. Right. Right, they're more of a skilled player than they just the goon yes. that threw fists back in the day. Exactly. They can be a part of the play because the game has become more elegant, like you said, mm. to the fact that if we put a player on the ice that's only a bunch of knuckles, <laughs> that's he's, he's gonna, a bag of hammers. <laughs> the, yeah, the other the other team wants that. Right. Because okay, don't fight him, don't engage with him, and now it's a five on four. Mm. Um so growing up, I learned hitting at Adam at the Adam age, which I think is around ten years old. Mm -hmm. So that's when I first got introduced to hitting. And so I learned it from a small, I was small at the time. Bodies All were kids smaller. were small. We weren't moving as fast. We weren't as skilled as we were. So I, you know, they moved it away from that. They moved it up to what is it now? Bantam? Yeah. 13, Thir 13 years, 13 old, years yeah. old. So they pushed it back three more years. Um, I actually started learning in minor Adam. That's when they started introducing it to you. And it wasn't legal to hit, but they let us hit in minor Adam um, to kind of introduce it. And then in, Adam was when it was legal. We kind of had a rule in minor Adam hit until you get a penalty. And then <laughs> at that point, then stop hitting. It's a non-contact game now. Right. Um, but yeah, so now these kids, what we've done is we've made them learn the game non-contact through some pretty developmental years, 10, 11, 12, 13. They're turning into teenagers. They're getting man bodies through that time. They're not necessarily their full man body yet. But well, Roman at 14 is 120-something pounds now. Yeah, I and think. you can come up against a 14-year-old that's six foot, oh, 190 I, pounds. I, honestly, like when I walked out there watching this tryout and yeah. seeing the kids, I'm like, how is that kid that size at this? They're huge. So what we've done is we've taught the kids how to play the game really fast without the consequence of a hit. And then suddenly we throw in hit. And then now it's testosterone-fueled high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. Out on the ice that yeah. 
are just like, I get to hit now. Yeah, and keep in mind, Roman didn't get that first year of hitting with, yeah. that he was supposed to get and the training that he was supposed to get at that year. They've just sort of grandfathered him in and let him go, mm-hmm. and now you're in the hitting league. Mm-hmm. And there's other kids that, I just think there's a mentality for it. I think other kids have the yeah. sort of wherewithal to understand what it means, whereas Roman's kind of... You got to know your body. Yeah. It, hitting, you're throwing your body at another body. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you got to know how your body is going to react, how your body's going to take it, what's going to hurt, what's not going to hurt. Um, you're wearing pads for a reason. You got to use those pads to your advantage. You got to set yourself up to be hit in those pads. There are areas that aren't as padded as others. And if you get hit in those areas, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that uh, hockey has become. And because of this, we're seeing, you look at the NHL now, some of the hits that you see are massive collisions. And this is a byproduct of speeding the game up. Right. Not expecting much, as much hitting as there was in the past. Right. And then when it does happen, it's almost like a surprise. Yeah, it's It's a a surprise and it's way bigger than everyone expected. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things we got to figure it out because there are going to be injuries and we don't want our product getting injured. Right. No, yeah, those are multi-million dollar assets. Exactly. So, (laughs) um, like I said... People were starting to get hurt. All of a sudden, fighting's up. Right. Um, all of a sudden, enforcers are creeping back at different than what they were in the past. And in the past, I'm not knocking what they did. I had guys that defended me, and I love them, and they're my best friend. But unfortunately, they... And, and you know what? Good for those guys. They found a way to make it to the next level of hockey. Um, and yeah, just like you were saying earlier, though, like finding the next level... Um, like I said, OHL, I, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was something like 0.08% of Ontario kids will play, of Ontario hockey players will play in the OHL. If you think about that, the OHL is five age groups. It's from 16 to 2021. 20, right. You have an overager. Right. There's only five kids per age group on right, three that OHL yeah. team, and there are only 20 ohl teams right not many kids but there are many other junior teams there are many junior leagues Mm. there are pathways that you can move forward so when parents put that ohl um that's where i want my kid to go it is extremely tough i'm not trying to knock any dreams out there and yes we can get you there we can we know how to get you to that level but there are certain clicks in the brain that you need to get to that level. There are some things that you need to do on your own that you don't have a coach having to come out and tell you, okay, we're going to do this today. You need to go run the Hamilton stairs on your own. You need to separate yourself from what everyone else is doing to make it to the level that everyone else won't get to. That's a great discussion because that's something that I I talked about with Roman this week where I said to him, I actually apologized to him because I guess I had an expectation that my kid was just going to be that. And the reality is, is that he's not. And that's not a knock on him. He just is who he is. And he's passionate about other things. Yeah. Right. He's passionate about, you know, Minecraft and he's passionate about hamburgers and he's passionate about his friends and, and -hmm. those things versus, you know, being in hockey, doing hockey, playing hockey all the time that some kids are, I have a buddy whose kid plays baseball and he's 12 years old and basically doesn't take a glove off of his hand. Yeah. You know, and that's just that kid. Yeah. And some kids are going to be that and some kids aren't. Yeah. So the, the apology I made to Roman was, I'm sorry that I didn't just push you a little bit more. Yeah. Not like, 
crack the whip and like, you know, down and give me 20 and like running around and like screaming and yelling and all that stuff. But more like, Hey dude, just go downstairs and do your 30 minutes today. Would you? And he, and like get him to do that stuff. Yeah. Right. Because I think those little pieces probably would have set him up better for this tryout, which I really just, it just all creeped up on me so fast and I just wasn't prepared. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, we try to do our best as parents and, and there's nothing wrong with, with that either. There's, there's, hockey is not everyone's thing. No. Like it is in Canada. It's a lot of people's hobby. Yeah. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's life experiences to be had. Everyone out there listening, think about the hobby that you have, that you like to do. And think about the life experiences that that hobby has taught you. Mm. This podcast, for example. This podcast, exactly. (laughs) We know how to work a road road board now. Roadcaster. But what... With those things, it's like, for example, when I was younger, I loved Garth Brooks. and um, I'm big on the Garth channel right now. I'm yeah. Serious, well, just so you know. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I, was, I loved Garth Brooks. I picked up a guitar, yeah. and I tried to strum a couple chords, and it was very hard, yeah. and I got frustrated, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it, and I said, this isn't for me. Right. So, you know what? I'm not a rock star. No. Nope. I'm not a country star. Mm-hmm. So, and that's fine. I did make the OHL. What I would do is I'm a little different though. I had the luxury of my dad built a rink. Um, Yeah. I think that's the thing is I think you, the pathway that you tend to like, there's a lot of actors, kids that are now becoming actors. There's a lot of hockey players, kids that are now coming up through the ranks. Yeah. What did you, what were you immersed in? Yeah, it's, It's exactly right. What were you immersed in? There's a lot of race car driver kids that are now coming up and being race car drivers. And, and so, you know, it's the same for me. I'm a realtor. My parents were realtors. What do you know? Yeah. My sister is admi- real estate administration, right? So, she, I mean, it's like these were the things we were immersed in as kids and what we do exceptionally well right now because of what we were brought up around. Yeah. So, and I think it's the same for anybody. And I feel like, you know, my buddy's kid who's been in hockey with Roman a lot said to me the other day, he's like, you know, this is what we're thinking because, you know, at the end of the day, my kid's going to be an engineer. Let's be honest. It's <laughs> so. And it's so cliche but so 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 true set a good example right the thing is is you look at people like steve jobs jeff bezos those people who created those massive trillion dollar companies now Mm. and they set the example for their employees to follow Mm -hmm. they went and they did it if you're doing something you're going to attract if you're doing something well you're going to attract people to you, whether they're right or whether they're the wrong people. That's where now you need experience to try and figure that out. But set a good example, surround yourself with the right people, immerse yourself in what you love, take care of the little things and big things happen. This is the fourth time this week I've had a conversation very much like this. And one of the things like, you know, dropping another bomb like we did earlier you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. That is a big, big, big thing. There are some people in my industry recently that I've come across that I've known for years that I haven't seen in a while because of all this COVID business, but they're hanging out with certain types of people and certain other people that I know that I have varying opinions on, let's just say. And these people are becoming that arrogant kind of personality that really grinds me the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and I sit here hanging around with people 
like Ryan, for example, that's, <laughs> that has these conversations and, and my buddy Jeevan and my buddy Chris, we're all very positive, like goal oriented, excited about future and life people. And this is where my world is. So that trickles down to our children that trickles into my wife who, for example, for the longest time, who wasn't in my business, had a hard time understanding what it was to be in sales this way and, and have to work hard like this. And, and, and she was in a nine to five job and it was just a different mindset. It's a scarcity mindset. Now that she's here and I've got her to that point where she's starting to dream about the future and dream about this house and this thing. And, you know, not necessarily for material, uh, materialistic reasons, but because we want good things for our family and our kids all of that plays into it, right? So you're absolutely bang on with that point. I love it. I you, love it so much. Do you know what I, I think I've I've learned from my experience and success with the pond and with the players that we're coaching is it's not about where, it's not about why, it's not about what, it's about how. How did we do this? How is this happening? If you can understand how things happen, you can replicate it. You can you improve can fix upon it, it. And then you can replicate it. Yeah, you can and improve scale. upon it. Yeah, and scale. Yeah, exactly. It's the how yeah. that matters. A lot of people go, what is he doing? Well, okay. You can, you can take what Darnell is doing and you can go try and do it. It's how is he doing it? And that's where the teacher comes in. That's part, where the coach goes. 100%. In. And part of that is not necessarily reinventing the wheel here. No. Like you're 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 taking tried and true things and systems for example mm. and and building upon them for your own style and your own personality, right? Exactly, but the the key thing that you just said is build on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was going with what I was saying was never never be the smartest person in the room. Exactly. Right? Try to Love find that. the try to find the next level, so right? Many like you got to Yeah, well, you know, season 2 start with a bang. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things like I obsess over YouTube. I when I go home, I watch YouTube, but I'm not watching stupid little clips. Yeah. I literally taught myself cryptocurrency yes. and I taught myself how blockchains work through YouTube. I watched Gary Gensler do MIT classes about blockchain technology. I now understand cryptocurrency. I know now, I know now how to read a, a, a candle chart. So here's my signif my my uh, my promise for season two. Then okay. my promise for season two is I'll take some money and put it in an account, and you're going to help guide me through this 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 experience, and yeah. we'll share it with the with the group as we go with the with the podcast as we go. Yeah. Hey. Well. Because everyone, everyone listening out there, Bitcoin just had a golden cross. If there's any financial people out there, oh you know god, what that, that sounds is. good. <laughs> I should have been in. Damn it! <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk. There's more still about time, that. people. There's still time. The on that note, on on the note of kind of building upon things, um, we've both had a bit of a journey in the last few months and a little bit of, a little bit of change in ourselves. I was uh, scrolling through Facebook one day and there was this handsome guy that popped up <laughs> on my feed. Yeah, I was like, who's that guy? Oh, it's Ryan. Look at that guy. He's yeah. lost some weight, looking good kind of trimming out for the ladies um and, and you know uh, well i'm looking i'm looking across the table at something right now <laughs> well so that's what i was gonna say is that i pretty in pink today i am wearing a pink shirt yes i've i've ex i went to you know what the best thing ever old navy does shirts for like 10 bucks yes and i just walk in i'm like i'm gonna take one of each yeah that's fine yeah. and so and they're cheap and they you know i can beat the crap out of them wear them all the time they're fine yeah uh, H&M is good for that too. H&M. I've never been there. I'll yeah. have to go do that. Okay. So not to knock no old Navy. I've done the old Navy okay. thing. Yeah. 
I find H and M's. It's still not great quality. Well, yeah, it's but it's, it it will last longer than my old navy ones. All right, I'm in. So that's the next level. Like H and M, you can go and grab. You can grab ten dollar hoodies. Oh, yeah. Like if you see me wearing a generic gray hoodie, it's H and M. I just go and I grab like ten of different colors and <laughs> just awesome. rotate through. So good. All right. Well, we'll have to go try that out because. What's happening is that we've both lost some weight. Yeah, I think we're going like, to need new clothes. Yeah, we're going to need new clothes now. <laughs> so I um, I guess a couple of months ago, well, first of all, earlier in, I guess, COVID, during COVID, we had hired a nutritionist to help us. It just didn't feel like the right fit. And I think you understand what that means from mm-hmm. a hockey training perspective. Sometimes mm-hmm. coaches and kids don't yeah. don't fit and it's not working. So you have to make a change. So we, we found, I mean- the people we hired were amazing. We've had her on the podcast and she's great. And she just, it just wasn't the right fit for our lifestyle and the way we were doing things, but she's helped a ton of people. That being said, uh, I was at baseball and baseball started up in the summer and I was just like, I put my gear on. I was like, I feel, yeah, yeah. I just feel fat. You know, your belly's kind of hanging over the front of your little, you know, your little <laughs> elastic belt that you wear at baseball. You, you know, look like uh, Chris Christie. Yeah, it's bar- brutal. And and I looked across the field at a guy that I know very well, and I won't really name names because I don't want to, like, you know, out people, but, and he looked great. And I was like, Whoa. well, you can out him on that. Well, I just don't want to, he's kind of a private guy and I don't want to, okay. I don't want to make a big deal. <laughs> You're complimenting him. Yeah, yeah. I went to high school with this guy and he's, you know, he's, he's a guy who's been around in my world for a long time. And, What's his address? Yeah. <laughs> and so... I was like, wow, he looks amazing. And then, of course, not long after, he posted something on Facebook saying, hey, thank you for your help with my, you know, stuff that I've been doing, da, 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 da. And it was, he he talked about the trainer he was using, and I went up to him, and I chatted with him about it, and he's like, you know, he's amazing, it's this, that, and the other. So I I just felt like it was time. It was like the, the world kind of telling me it's time to do something to really make a change here. Uh, you know, one of the catalysts was going out for dinner one night and going and sitting on my dad's porch, having had the dinner. And just like sitting there feeling like I had to roll in and out of the chair because I was so roly poly and I just was not comfortable. And that's not me. Like you, you understand you're, you're in sports and you know what you mean, what I mean? Like yeah. I, it's not me to feel and be this way. The last time this happened, I ended up doing like four, you know, adventure races, like all this stuff after that. And I got really fit and all this and I'm, and I'm back in the bottom of the cycle. So I was like, I got to make a change. And so, uh, and it started with food. Like, I don't know what you did. Cause I know you said you lost what about 25 pounds. 20, yeah, I'm hovering between 20 and 25 right yeah, now. I I'm fluctuate the same. five pounds. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm in that kind of like 22, 23 range. And um, and for me, like when I started with Todd, who's the guy we, I'm working with right now, it was all food. Like I did not do any working. We had to walk the dogs or whatever, and he gave us some training to do, but it was basic stuff. It was all food. Yeah. Like I lost the bulk of the first probably 15 pounds just by changing my diet. Yeah. And it's not like I'm not eating anything weird. Chicken, rice, and veg, beef, rice, and veg, salmon, rice, and veg. I'm eating tacos with turkey. Yeah. Like it's good stuff and it's delicious. Well, so Justin, you're on to something because mine is pretty much, there is a little bit of uh, fitness involved, like working out involved, but I've always been kind of active. My dog, I'm, I'm at least four kilometers walk a day yeah. um, up and down the escarpment, uh, up and down the mountain, if you don't know when. If we have any listeners from other areas than right here, the escarpment is a little little mountain that we have around us, a little hill. A little hill. It's hard. Yeah. Depends on where you're from, whether or not it's a mountain or not. Which, okay, we're, this is a rabbit hole. We're going down okay. the side. But when you drive through downtown Hamilton, they have signs up that say mountain access. Right. 
And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I know we all call it the mountain. And yes, that makes sense to us, but it's not a mountain. It goes up in levels. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go back down. No, it's literally a cliff. Basically. Yeah. It's made by glaciers. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> We're off the rails, Justin. Yeah, Come on. So I'm, I'm Googling something right now. Get it back on the track. But anyways, for me, uh, what ended up happening was when we were going through the lockdowns and everything like that, I stopped eating well. Mm. Um, I was eating a lot of chicken fingers. I was being like, yeah, it's okay. I'll go over to Harvey's and grab a burger. Uh-huh. Um, the ease of just, ah, yeah, I'll order Uber Eats tonight. Fast food is so easy, and Uber yeah. Eats makes it worse. It was <laughs> so easy. And then we went into a, when things first opened back up after lockdown, I went into literal insanity with ice time. And at that point, then it got even worse because it was like, I am not making food for myself when I get home. Mm. Like, I don't. I, the last thing I want to do is when I get home, I'm sitting on the couch yeah. and, and I'm hungry. So, so what you're, happens? You're going to buy opens and yeah, Uber yeah. Eats comes to deliver. Yeah. So things slowed down a little bit. We were still very busy, but I was able to jig my schedule around to give me a little bit more time because I was starting to get very exhausted. So we jigged it around a little bit. I gave myself a little bit more time. We had some other coaches uh, take on some of my classes, and then I would kind of filter in some classes that didn't really need me as a coach out there. We we were able to filter it out. Um, and then what else? I uh, That allowed me to go home and not be so tired that I wouldn't cook for myself. Mm. And then so just like you, I did a lot of chicken, I did a lot of rice, and I did a lot of Caesar salad. Even though Caesar salad isn't the best salad, it was better than what I was doing. Yeah, but if you understand the way diets work, what Todd actually explained it to me, and, and Todd, just a shout out to Todd, Body by Boss on Instagram, if you want to Google it or look it up, Body yeah. by Boss. Yeah. Todd is my guy. He's provided all of our food plans and workout plans. And what he, he I, I took him out uh, golfing with me the other day to a golf tournament, and we were chatting about it, and he was talking to one of the guys that was there, and he said, he goes, at the end of the day, he goes, if I can change your diet by 200 to 400 calories a week, even mm -hmm. that works out to like a half a pound a week that yeah. you could lose. Yeah. So by cutting back on, it's all about the deficit. Yeah. So whatever your energy output is, you got to be in deficit with your food in order to lose weight. Well, so just speaking on that right away, what happened with me was if I started eating healthy, I was they, I would go look online and there were portion sizes mm -hmm. and those were not working for me. Mm -hmm. I'm even though I'm not uh, a competitive athlete anymore, my I'm still burning a lot every day when I'm on the ice. Yep. Um Well, and, we just had this discussion about your Apple Watch. Yes. Mention that because that's amazing. Okay, yeah. So basically, yeah. So when I'm out on the ice, when when you're skating, you're using muscles. Your body is not built to move in a skating motion. So when you are out there pushing hard in a skating motion, you're using tiny muscles that don't normally fire the way they're firing when, when you're, you're on skating. the ice. Yep. Yeah, when you're walking down the road, they fire a little bit to stabilize you. Now on the ice, you're literally using that to push your leg out to the side. And balance you. And, and balance everything, you. Everything and your else. core is engaged. And even your upper body has to stay rigid or else, because if your upper body sways, mm -hmm. it pulls you off your line that you're skating on. So all these little factors that you don't think about, your body is tense and flexed and cardio and everything at the same time. So a lot of people always, I have 
pretty big arms. Uh, naturally, my arms just get big. Like, uh, like long or? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, my, my bicep and yeah, tricep yeah, yeah. and forearms. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm a stocky dude. I yeah, got, um, yeah. I'm, I'm wide. My shoulders are wide. I have, I have big shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, that naturally kind of just tones whenever I'm skating more. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not working out, I'm not bench pressing, I'm not doing curls, but the entire time I'm on the ice, I'm kind of flexed. Every two seconds, I flex for something. And that's working my muscles. So what I did is I, I changed my diet, but I stopped trying to portion size and I overcooked and I ate until I was full. And then I would have leftovers of healthy food. It wasn't bad food. It was healthy food. But I never said, okay, I'm going to control my portion sizes. I'm not going to try and lose weight that way. Because you know what? At the end of the day, it wasn't important for me to absolutely lose weight. Mm -hmm. I wanted to lose weight. Yep. So that's what it was. And you're talking about your, your catalyst moment, my catalyst moment. There was a picture of me taken of me and I, and it was posted on uh, Facebook mm. and I looked at myself and I'm like, I have never looked like that. Right. Like this is not me. Like yeah. I look like one of my uncles, <laughs> but ouch uncle. Nah, uncle he knows boy. he's lost a ton of weight too. So he knows it's good for him. Like he, he knew he knows what he's doing, but so you you said, bring up my watch. So yeah. app, I have an Apple Watch, and Apple Watch now has hockey. Um, oh, cool! Uh, like yeah. I can, they've they've done enough studying of hockey movement that they can tell by the way my heart rate's going and my watch and everything like that, what kind of calorie burn and stuff like that I'm doing with with hockey. It's pretty cool. So I actually used it the other day, and I played shinny with some guys that have not played in a long time. Um, so I'm, it wasn't overly ex, like hard hockey. We'll, we'll, we'll compare it. They used to play junior hockey with me, these guys. Right. So they were good hockey players, but they haven't played literally in probably two years. Right. I'm on the ice every day. Right. So it wasn't. So, so for you, you weren't taxing your body. It as wasn't. Much as yeah. It was not difficult for me. I was out there for a skate. I, yeah. I sweat, but at the end of it, I was not huffing and puffing. I was not, which felt great. By the way, yeah. to, to to finish a hockey game and not just be absolutely exhausted. Yeah, rewind two three months, I would have like not made it through that. But look at my watch at the end of it, and there was eight hundred calories burned, and that was forty five minutes of pickup, kind of coasting around every now and then, burst of energy. But that was it. Eight hundred calories. That's how powerful hockey is for cardio. So interesting that the, one of the things you just mentioned was it felt great to be that. And that was kind of the, the thought process I had as I was going along through this too. Um, I was dealing with joint pain and, and even just in my thumbs, like inflammation and GI pain, things going wrong with GI. I was rushed. We had the hospital visit episode a few months ago, yeah. that kind of thing. So, um, you know, the, all that stuff played into my decision as well, where I was like, this sucks. What's wrong? And you know, what's funny is I haven't been eating dairy since I would call it early 2020 because of the GI problems I was having. Yeah. When we first started the podcast. Right around when we first started the podcast, I lost a bit of weight then and it all kind of came back because just the diet wasn't on point. Like you, you get rid of something that you don't need and, but you add another crap that you yeah. really also don't need. You yeah. know, I was like you, I was like, nah, let's grab a hamburger or whatever. Fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, and so I'm eating super clean food, as I mentioned, and all those problems have gone away. Every one of them. Yeah. I've got a little bit of knee pain that I'm dealing with, a little bit of tendonitis kind of thing. It's just from working out and the things that I've been doing differently. Mm -hmm. But overall, like no clicking thumbs, 
no GI problems. Yeah. I've before, and I don't want to get TMI here, but before if I ate dairy, it would be like I'd spend hours on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Now I've had like yesterday I had a couple pieces of cheese because we were cutting cheese for the kids. I'm fine. We've brought no this up so many times. I know. Nutritionists bring this up so, so many times. Yeah. Dairy is not natural to humans. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, you're not supposed to eat it. It's really not. And Glute, so I don't need gluten it. Gluten too. Yeah. I don't you're, need it. I have no need for any of it. Uh, but, you know, if I want to try it here and there, like I'm, my family's European, like, you yeah. know, we just love cheese. And- do, you, do you know that most of my NHL guys that I work with are gluten free? Yeah. To, uh, to begin with. And then, um, like, and then they say when, when, when I'm injured or if I have an injury, I extremely go gluten free. Like every now and then they'll they'll have a cracker yeah. or something like that. Have a yeah. little bit of gluten, but for yeah. the most part they're eating gluten free. Yeah. When they're injured, they cut it out Completely. entirely yeah. and they cut out dairy. They do they they don't drink they don't use much dairy, but they do use some because dairy is high in fat. So it, that's the problem. Yes, but it's a it's a source of protein, but it's too high in fat. When, but when you're at an NHL level, mm-hmm. sometimes you need the fat. True. You, yeah. you need that you need that fuel to burn 100% um and some players bodies I, i've brought this up before they do dna tests and they find that i'm not going to react to that type of fat i am going to react to that type of fat so these guys will cut it right out and the going gluten free dairy free while they're injured mm. they heal faster yep your body heals faster yeah because it reduces inflammation right off the hop right That's off the, main the hop thing. and it's because your body isn't getting plugged up with things that it doesn't need and that is that is a good point. Like plugged up, that is what is happening. We are filling ourselves with crap, which is processed food. You know, sodium up the yin yang on all this food yeah. that we're eating. Like even the even the protein bars that you're eating, most people are eating are full of sodium and, and sugar that you yeah. wouldn't have noticed or know or know that's there. And it's not good for you, really. A lot Be of the things, careful. a lot of the things in the health aisle aren't that healthy for not you. that healthy no you and gotta, we are not nutritionists no, by any stretch, no, 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 no. so we are not advocating for anything specifically but i mean i don't think you can go wrong in advocating for eating whole food whole nutritious you yeah. know food yeah whole foods yeah whole foods <laughs> so but like because so we're eating Farm um, boy what am i kicking feet here we're You're like playing, playing footsie, footsie with footsies me now. um we're like and that's so that's it like it's just uh, and i have i actually eat four meals a day I, and here's the beauty part about this. So again, like you said, you were busy and here's what we, here's what I came up with. So Todd with, with special clients, certain clients that he does and within the area that he works will actually make the food for me and drop it off at my house. So what's great about that is wow, you're I'm like a private chef, dude, uh, the food prep is the worst for me. I'm the worst at food prep. My wife loves it. She does it. And you know, she probably could do it for me a little bit, but it would get, very taxing because there's a lot of food involved in dealing with it. But the reality is, is he drops off the containers. I just, my morning shake, that's it with a little bit of blueberry and banana in it. And that's it. And a bit of, um, I have on the side, I put some uh, pineapple and then the three meals for the rest of the day that I eat after that. So I haven't eaten yet and it's 11 something, 1150 now. And, um, what I'll end up doing is I'll eat after we're done here and then I'll have two more meals later in the day. And sometimes I'm eating at nine, 10 o'clock at night, but at the end of the day, what he's saying is, is as long as you're maintaining a deficit of calories, you should be burning fat. And part of it is, yes, you know, you have to look at every situation different. If someone's gone from doing zero exercise and all they're doing is just reducing their calories, that's perfect. 
But if someone already has a baseline like yourself for like, I constantly work out because I'm always on the ice, that's a different scenario. You have to really work with those scenarios. I need fuel. Yeah. You need fuel in order to burn. It's almost like a reverse diet, which is what Jacqueline was dealing with. If, yeah, if I went right onto a calorie deficit diet, I would be exhausted yeah, it, because I don't have wouldn't. enough calories to fuel me. Yeah, everybody's different. And that's the thing. Everybody's different. So you have to work with each body individually. And that's what's great about him. And so I'm not, I mean, at, you know, anybody needs him. As I said, body by boss, by all means, go look him up. But uh, the reality is, is I feel great. You know what? I, you know what we yeah. look great. Yeah. We, I mean, we look great. Let's look be good, feel good, play good, right? <laughs> yeah. Look good, feel good, act good. Yeah. But you, you know what? The, the starting your day with a shake, starting your day with a meal People always, like, it's so cliche, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, right? Eh, kind of. But (laughs) I'm not a nutritionist, but how it's been explained to me is humans are creatures of habit. We don't even realize our subconscious body breaking down our foods and stuff like that. And we're creatures of habit, and we learn that habit. If you're constantly, you eat four meals a day spread out throughout the day because you're constantly spiking your metabolism to continue to burn. So if you ever didn't eat a meal at one point, your body goes, I should be eating right now. I'm going to spike my metabolism right now. You start burning. Mm-hmm. And then that's if true. you fuel it with something that's not going to replace with fat, you're, you're losing. You're golden. Yeah. 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 And well, and the other part of it too is people say, I don't want to get rid of cheese. I don't want to do this. But the reality is, is like something like cheese, what Todd was saying to me the other day is because of the caloric content of cheese and the way that's uh, put together, you can have cheese but you'll, ha- you'll be eating way less, yeah. right? So instead, I have these huge plates of food yeah. that total 1,800 calories for the day right now will be changing in the next couple of weeks because I've been hitting the gym hardcore. And it's it's like you said, it's changing the way that my body's working. So I have to now shift my caloric intake. But they're huge plates of food yeah. times three meals a day. Yeah. And it, like, I'm not hungry. I was at first, to be honest, because yeah. I came from eating like, popping in at McDonald's and grabbing a Big Mac or a burger of something and fries and Coke and all that stuff versus now, which is like these healthy foods, which for the most part, your body loves and like gets through them really quickly. But as long as you're eating enough protein that you mentioned that early on, protein is key. Um, you, you'll get through it. And, and I think being healthy is less about me in this case, although I feel great and I'm, you know, I feel good about myself and more about how am I going to, be present for my kids and my family. So taking it back to the, yeah, well, that's a very good, important thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But taking it back to um, like our our NHL players' diets and and like no one out there, you should not compare yourself to an NHL player's diet. This is not a typical human being. These are elite athletes that are pushing their bodies to the ultimate extreme every day almost. Yeah. But what the thing is, is what would happen is if we took someone like Darnell Nurse and we fed him McDonald's every day and he stayed competing at the level that he's competing and performing at the level, he would, number one, the, the performance would, would start to come down, yeah. but he would immediately actually start losing weight, um, which mm-hmm. is not what he wants. No. But it's because it's going through yeah. his body. It's not getting used by his body. So if you can replace those things with foods that your body is going to use, and this is where nutritionists and and dietitians, this is where these people come in. I'm not that. I can't tell you what your body is going to need to use, but you need to figure out what your body is going to use perfectly. And well, bottom line, you know, look at a formula one race car. They're not putting like 
octane 84 fuel in it, right? Like they can't, it wouldn't work. No, it would ruin the performance of the car. So what do you think our bodies are? Yeah. And our bodies are way more sensitive to things than those cars, even though those cars are pretty amazing. Yeah. So you put in crap into your, into your body, it's going to act, it's going to like, you're going to be tired and you're going to like gain weight or lose too much weight or whatever, you know, there's no, there's no easy way out of this. This is not, I'm going to do something quick and it's going to, you know, that's it. Because the problem with the, all this money being spent on these yo-yo diets is it comes back after like, yeah. cause it's not, you're not learning anything. And there, if there's one thing I've learned from Todd and he actually posted it on his Facebook or something the other day was it's great that he's making people food. But if you're not learning from that and understanding what that means, you'll never be able to do it yourself down the road. No. Right. So what ends up happening is people take his food and then the second they stop taking it, they go back to their old ways. So you have to you have to really absorb what he's trying to teach you while he's doing this. How is he making you How? lose weight? Full circle. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Change your policy. Change your policy. Well, listen, um, we're running up against it. Um, and uh, we've got some other stuff. I got a meeting. I got meetings, man. One quick thing that yeah. we will bring up before we before we pause is uh there's an election coming up. There is. So this episode's probably going to get out before, when's the vote? Monday? Monday. So I'll get it out before Monday, yeah. Yeah, so we better better touch a little bit on that. Let's do it. Um, whoever you're voting for out there, <laughs> it's crazy. We respect it. We respect it. We're not going to judge it. No, you're entitled to your vote uh-huh. as a Canadian. Yes. Um, or even as an American, uh, any American listeners, Canada's having an election where, uh, for our prime minister. Americans, that's our president. Um, and uh, there is just so much crap in the world right now that this one's pretty important. Um, well, they all are. But this one really... Take the time to to really understand what platforms these people are running on. Take the time to be critical of them. Take the time to realize, do you think this guy's going to follow through on it? Mm-hmm. No, don't just take what they're saying. Remember, at the end of the day, they're politicians. I know which way I'm voting, and I'm voting because this is the party that is going to be best for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily like the guy that's running, but I don't really have much of another option. But one thing that my dad always instilled on me, um, and it doesn't really apply to me right now, but anyone out there, if you're in a household and husband and wife vote differently you've essentially canceled each other out in the vote. You're, mm-hmm. It's a one-for-one cross-off. So, I mean, do it's your vote. Do what you want to do. But maybe as a family, come together and try to work out who are we voting for? Who? Because then you apply more power to your vote. Now it's two times rather than nothing crossed out. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think for me the biggest thing is just educate yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I am not, uh, I'm not advocating for necessarily the Liberal Party when I say this, but one of the things that they came out with recently was talking about, you know, uh, sort of cu- ha- cracking down on flipping houses. It, it relates to my industry, so that's yeah. what I talk about. And uh, one of the things that came from that is I have people coming up to me all the time saying, we're going to be taxed when we sell our house every time. Yeah. Well, that's not what it says. Like when you really read, when you go to the website and read the specific information that they, because I've done it, it doesn't say that. Yeah. They're trying to crack down on a specific thing 
that is a problem because it inflates prices in areas that they don't want to be inflating prices because they're these flippers tend to prey on the the lowest uh, priced areas because it's the most economical. Yeah, it makes they, the most economic can, sense. They for can them. flip it better, right? Yeah, and then they jack prices up in those areas, which makes it less affordable for the people that are living in those areas to begin with, which creates a bigger problem in and of itself. What's that called that? There's a, there's a word for that. Gentrification. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, in a way, there's certain things that are good about gentrification, but in this case, I think it's people profiteering off of these incredible changes in the marketplace. We're finding more and more areas that need to be affordable. Yeah. Well, there's lots of, yeah. I mean, bottom line, there's so many issues that I think we'll have to talk about another time. But I think the reality is, is educate yourself. Don't just because you see a headline, the headline is not the one, like the headline for real estate that I see all the time is uh, average sale price down or up or down or whatever. That doesn't mean a lot to me. There's certain implications of that. Yes. But let's say in a neighborhood, uh, three extra houses sold that were of the lower bracket. That's going to influence the average sale price lower. Meanwhile, a bunch of the houses that sold up here at 1.5 instead of a million didn't sell. They took a little longer to sell and hadn't sold yet, but then sold next. It it can influence just because two extra people decided to sell their home of that sale price versus that sale price. So it does, it's not, it's not a major indicator of the market as a whole, right? And yet people will splash headlines out there that say sale prices down. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. There's more to that. So don't just trust the headlines, which I think we've been learning as a, as a whole. Well, the COVID's really kind of emphasized that. I don't know about you, but I have really, really started questioning media, questioning headlines. There's some good stuff out there. There's some very bad stuff out there, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just like you're saying, I think if I could come up with an example would be an area like Tyendega in Burlington. There are two, $3 million homes in that area. There's also townhomes. They're very nice townhomes, yep. but they're not $3 million. Right. And if four townhomes sold to one $3 million townhouse, that skews the price, the average price towards the townhouse. 100%. And all of a sudden town, this area's sales are down. 100%. And I, and I just, all I'm saying is just educate yourself to the reality of what things are, ha- what things are being said out there. We've all dealt with a lot of fake news in the last 18 months and two years and, you know, all the stuff we've been seeing in the, in the media, you know, be educated and education is not just scrolling around online. No, you know, there's so much more to that. And, and, you know, again, we won't get too much into it here now, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot more to that. So, um, you know, Go out and vote. And go out and vote because your voice is important. Every Even voice is important. If you don't, is it is it possible to register a non-vote? Like even if you don't want to, you can register yourself as a non-voter? Um, I don't know. I don't know. know. I have to look that up. Because I thought there was, I think the United States has that, that if it's not one party because or the other. Because you don't want to vote for it's, a party. It's like, I want to vote, but I don't like this and I want right. my voice to be heard that I don't like anyone. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't um, know. I don't even know if we can do that. Yeah, I think uh, you know what? Happen in the We're going to look when we go vote and see if there's a tick box for that. Yeah. I vote for Justin Longcarrick. <laughs> I love that. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. The, the right in vote. Yeah. <laughs> One vote. No. On the just, screen. Just cross them all out. <laughs> Justin Longcarrick. Well, Ryan, um, it's been a blast. I appreciate coming back and I'm excited season for two. We're season back. two to kind of keep rolling and, and go from there. And um, everyone, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. That was another episode of The Underground. 
Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, follow Justin on Facebook and see what he's up to in the real estate world at Justin Lon Carrick. And check out what Ryan is doing on the ice at more.hockey.